From the Southern Oral History Program at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, this is Press Record, the podcast about the joys and challenges of learning history by talking to those who lived it. I'm Rachel Seidman. And I'm Charlotte Yore. I've got a neighbor boy, lives over here in the subdivision. He cuts it. Yeah. Yeah. And because I let, he's a real sweet boy, I let him hunt on my property. Okay. So he keeps my yard cut. Yeah, it's white boy. It works. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Uh, shut up! Come here. Yeah. Come here, Honest, pop pop. I mean, I, really, this is a nice trade off, don't you think? Yeah, I would say so. summer here at the Southern Oral History Program, and we thought this might be a good time to tackle one of the thornier oral history problems that we've all faced, or at least some of us have faced multiple times, which is (laughs) pets. (laughs) What to do about those sweet little animals who want to be part of the conversation. I'm so excited that we're doing this episode because I love love animals so much and unfortunately I've never had an experience with them doing oral histories. We are animal lovers both Charlotte and I are big animal lovers but when you're doing an interview and a cat or a dog wants to participate it can be a bit of a problem. So today we'll be talking about how we've dealt with those and how you can too. We're gonna start off with a few clips from interviews that Rachel has done where cats and dogs have become involved in ways that were challenging and we'll talk about how she dealt with that and then you also reached out on Twitter and found out that there are a lot of people who have had these experiences good and bad so we'll hear about some of those too. We also talk with two new interviewers about their early experiences with pets during their interviews and learn more about how they handled it so hopefully you will go out into the field better prepared to deal with those wild animals out there. (laughs) After the two in the field segments that we're going to share with you, we're going to have a tip jar segment that we haven't had in a while to share a lot of advice for how to prepare for situations where there might be pets present and then how to deal when you're surprised by an animal. Because we know this is the biggest concern on your mind when you go out to do an interview is what am I going to do when an animal appears on the scene? Okay, so Rachel, you've had some run-ins with pets while doing oral histories. I have, and three of them have happened in the last six months or so, and they were, <laughs> they were pretty funny ones. So all of these interviews have been part of my ongoing research on feminism today. So I've been interviewing current feminist activists across the country in different cities, and I don't know what it is about feminists and their pets, but they love them. So in three different moments during my interviews, I've had funny run-ins with cats and dogs. In the first one, I'm talking with Erin Parrish, who for many years worked at the Minnesota Women's Consortium in St. Paul, Minnesota, and she has a very friendly and talkative puppy. Certainly went through a rebellious phase. Um, Around 16 and 17 was kind of just a difficult time for me. Um, I definitely had... um, (laughs) 
<laughs> I definitely have. Yeah, so we're just uh, dealing with a puppy. Well, <laughs> I can just move this up and then. next clip you're going to hear from Dana Edel, who was the executive director of the Spark Movement in New York City, which is a movement of young girls and women who are fighting against the sexualization of girls. So my great-grandparents on my mother's side were from um, Hungary, Austria, Romania, uh, Jews and had left Europe, Eastern Europe, during the. Oh no! Here's the cat. One sec. <laughs> Babe, <laughs> she does like wires. I'll get it. That's so funny. Lock her in my room. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. I'll give her some food and then she'll. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. She's a big fan of eating wires. We're back. We had to stop for the kitty cat who <laughs> wanted to play with the wires. Okay. In the third clip, I'm talking with Trisha Harms, who's a feminist labor activist in St. Paul, Minnesota, when I have a dramatic moment with her cat. <laughs> it's really hard to come from that and not usurp anybody else's experience and not speak for people. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. That was hilarious. He just jumped on her back. Come on, Frank. Did he really? Yeah. Oh man. Come on. Sorry, I thought he was doing okay. Are you are your recordings usually this act act full of action? Aaron Parrish had a had a, a puppy. puppy who was equally <laughs> wanted to be part of the story. Well, one thing I noticed in all those clips is that you are very kind about what happens and just laugh it off. How did it feel, though, in the moment? Well, there, I mean, I am I am an animal lover, so I don't get anxious around the animals or anything like that. But it, <laughs> there were moments, particularly with that second one with Dana Edel's kitten, she was literally, she was tugging at the plug that went between <laughs> the recorder and the wall and she really almost pulled it off the table and so there was I had one slight moment of panic when I was afraid that I would actually lose part of the interview or something and then Aaron Parrish's dog was just overly excited and and reminded me of my old dogs and so I just felt very sympathetic to her but we could not figure out a way to make him be quiet because if she put him in another room he just whined and scratched at the door and when she let him in the room he would 
hang out under the table and gnaw on a bone. (laughs) So there was no, I just gave up trying to get clean audio. I just let him, you know, hang out under the table. And uh, (laughs) then, of course, the most dramatic one was when I was interviewing Trisha Harms. And I noticed her little black cat climbing along the windowsill and along the wall behind me. But then he jumped from the windowsill, spread eagle on my back (laughs) with his claws, hanging onto my shoulders. So did it hurt? It mostly surprised me, but it was quite, quite hilarious. And they they explained that he had been a sort of feral cat that they had brought in to their house and he was not fully tamed yet. (laughs) So it was, it was pretty funny. And you hear, um, you hear Trisha's wife saying that, oh, I'm sorry, I thought he would be, (laughs) thought he would be okay. But they both seemed pretty shocked too. (laughs) Yeah. It was funny. But I think for me, the main thing was, you know, as long as the tape was okay and the animal didn't actually attack my recorder or, you know, cause me to lose part of the interview, it was it was fine. But it did require, you know, helping the interviewee remember what they had been talking about before, kind of get back on track and just make them feel not embarrassed or not, you know, uptight because that would affect their ability to just relax and go back to telling their story. Yeah, the I think it's the one with the kitten pulling the recorder or almost pulling the recorder off. It's at the very beginning of that interview mm-hmm. and the interview is starting off kind of, you know, just serious kind of like they tend to. But you seem to get back into it pretty quickly. And I also like that you say what's happening so that when we're listening, we we're not just like what's going on, you know? <laughs> I'm actually thinking of the transcriber when I do that. Like, they must be just wondering what the heck just happened. So it is, yeah, I do. I do always try to explain what's going on. So um, you had all these experiences fairly recently and close together and thought maybe you're not the only one. (laughs) I did start to wonder if I was somehow causing this problem or not doing something right. So yeah, so I tweeted and I actually was trying to survey oral historians about which has caused them more problems, cats or dogs. And it seemed to be from the responses I got that dogs tended to cause more problems in terms of noise. They make a lot more noise, obviously, than than cats. But cats had proven to be much more problematic in terms of actually making people lose parts of the audio by like jumping onto the recorder and pushing the button or knocking it off the table or you know things like that and then one woman in Scotland said that she said uh, she didn't really have that many problems with with dogs or cats but the budgies she says oh my god the budgies which I think are parakeets um, and and someone else mentioned parrots also had caused them a lot of problems so pretty funny world out there of pets and oral history. (laughs) If you want to join the conversation about pets and oral history on Twitter, please go ahead and tweet at us at SOHP Oral History or to me specifically at RF Seidman. That's R-F-S-E-I-D-M-A-N. So, Charlotte, in our next segment, you sat down with Khadijah Murray, who used to be an intern at the Southern Royal History Program, and Rachel Gelfand, who is a PhD student in American Studies. 
to talk with them about their experiences with pets and oral history. Yes, and they both have some moments with cats that are different and very special in their own ways. And so we had a really fun discussion about how they dealt with that and what they learned from those experiences. My name is Khadija Murray. I'm a rising senior here at UNC, double majoring in women's and gender studies and sociology. And I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm Rachel Gelfan. I'm a PhD student here at UNC in the American Studies Department. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts, and I love American Studies. We'll start with you, Khadijah. Okay, so I was a part of the SOHP internship program, and our project was on the Black Pioneers, the first group of African-American students to attend UNC. And I wanted to interview Karen Parker because I felt like I had a personal connection with her. She was the first African-American female undergraduate student to attend UNC. Before the interview, I talked to Karen Parker, and we were talking, and she mentioned something about cats, and I was like, oh, God, like, she has cats. And um, the day of the interview, I took an allergy pill, but I guess it wasn't a really good one, because when I got to her house, I didn't know she had three also. So when I got there, it was like, you have a lot of cats. <laughs> and I don't, I didn't want to say that I was allergic because I was already nervous. And I was just like, okay, I, I took an allergy pill. Hopefully everything goes okay. But I started sniffling and sneezing. And the interview was like two hours. So throughout the whole interview, I feel like I can be heard sniffling and sneezing and wiping my nose. And her cats, or one of them was really, really friendly, like dog friendly. And like he would always snuggle against my arm or come by the um, recorder, I was just like, please, no. <laughs> but other than that, the interview went good, but I wish I would have prepared more by taking a stronger allergy pill. But she did tell you she had cats, so you like kind of yeah. were a little prepared, you just didn't know there would be that many. Yeah, and I didn't know they would be that friendly. Right. <laughs> I remember after you told me about it, I was so jealous. Like, I was wishing that I had been there because I would have just loved having cats, like, all around. But it's totally different yeah. if you're allergic to yeah. them. I didn't mind the cats. I just wish they weren't so friendly. Yeah. You can, like, hear them at the beginning of the interview. A lot of our graduates went to Winston-Salem State. Other ones went to A and T and and some of the HBCU schools. The uh, predominantly white schools were just starting to open up. Guidance counselor said to me and some couple other students that we had the capability of going to those schools. We had the, the grade point average averages and probably sense enough to get through it. <laughs> it took more than sense. It took a lot of guts and nerve and I don't know what else. So were they like getting up near the... Yeah, they were. Like... They were everywhere. She had to keep telling them to move because they were... Yeah, I keep saying they were friendly. They were really friendly. Because like usually when I encounter cats, they're usually scared. But yeah. these cats were very different. And so, Rachel, you also had... An experience with a kitten. I went down to Atlanta and I had four interviewees lined up to do in like two or three days and I was really nervous and you know I drove I left here really early in the morning because I wanted to get there in time for the interview and like so I like got there early had lunch um, and then I went in to do this first interview 
and it was in this woman's office um, at the Refugee Women's Network. So I just got a kitten this week, so I'm like aware of kittens, but and the one we got is eight weeks, but this cat was like half the size, so I think it was like under a month. So she had the kitten in the office just because it was like under a month old or something like that. I, it was really incredibly cute and little, so I was like, oh, can I, you know, play with your cat a little? And so she took the kitten out of the crate, and he was, like, playing, and we put him up on the table or the desk. I had set up the equipment, but I hadn't turned it on yet, and then he just sort of wielded sort of to the right and just puked right, like, inches, centimeters from the recorder, So, which was my own personal Zoom recorder, so I was like... So it was a it wasn't a bad situation. It was just like it was like manifesting a little bit how I felt. <laughs> like the cat just like puked. And then she was just real really embarrassed and felt like um you know, it was like I've never seen him do that before. Her sister or someone had found multiple kittens on the side of the road like that. Maybe that day or something like that. It was it was like she had just gotten this kitten and couldn't leave it home that first day, I think actually, and brought him to work because what are you gonna do so anyway then we put him away and we had a great interview you sent me a photo yeah I took a picture you'll want to see it's like the cutest tiniest <laughs> little kitten and the tiniest pile of puke you've ever seen yeah so you could see this is the same size as this recorder he was basically about the size so. of this recorder yeah, when you sent it to me, I was like, wow, I never could imagine that puke could be cute, but it is actually the cutest pile of puke I've ever seen. <laughs> well, that's I cool. don't have the sound of the puke, unfortunately. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I thought I might actually in my backup recorder, but I don't think I have that, so... Yeah, and I don't know why I took a picture. I was sort of, I think I was, I think we put it maybe up on the desk because I wanted to take a picture of the kitten, oh, okay. and then... So it was all kind of, you know, it's like that awkward, you just met someone five minutes ago, and you're, we were sort of like bonding over the kitten, and then it just like, but then the rest of my interviews went well, too. So it was like, everything was fine after that. It just started with an initial weird moment. And you're not allergic to cats. And I'm not allergic, yeah. That's good. Otherwise, like, did you have a, how long did it take you to recover? I think I was good by the time I got home. I think she gave me some allergy medicine. On the way out, she felt bad. (laughs) That was really appreciated. So, did you start having allergy problems like immediately? Five minutes into the interview, my nose started to run. So she gave me a box of tissues (laughs) in the trash can. (laughs) Was it distracting to you? It was. Yeah, it was distracting to me, but I don't think it distracted her. I just wanted it to stop so I could really focus on the interview, like not blowing my nose. And I was trying not to blow it like while she was talking. So it was a little stressful, but... <laughs> and do you feel like it was easy to still get into the interview even after the kitten had puked? Yeah, it actually, it broke the ice, actually. Thinking about it more, it broke the ice in a good way, sort of. Yeah. It would be hard to be, like, super serious after something like that happens. Right. <laughs> do y'all have any advice for people that are going into doing oral histories when it comes to pets definitely ask if they have any pets on the when you schedule the interview or doing a follow-up to get the address just quick question do you have any pets 
Just, they're going to be like yes or no, and then you can be well prepared by the time the interview happens. Also, do you have pets and do you mind putting them in a, a different space <laughs> while we do yeah, the interview? Definitely. <laughs> So for today's tip jar, we're going to talk about how to handle it when a pet wants to join the conversation. Charlotte, after listening to all of these things, do you have ideas about what you would do to prepare for the potential pet problems? I think if you can, reach out to your interviewee and ask them if they have any pets, especially if you're allergic. That's what we learned from Khadija, who had to suffer through her allergies during the whole interview. And maybe asking, especially if you do have an allergy or if you have any kind of issues with dogs or cats or or birds, just, you know, let them know. And then that way the interviewee can also prepare and try to have something set up. And even the same, you know, with you having to deal with this little puppy who doesn't want to be alone. So if beforehand, you know, you ask the person if they have pets, then they might be able to make arrangements. Yeah, I mean, I've had interviewees tell me that they have pets and ask me if I'm okay with it. And because I love animals, I always say, sure, that's fine. (laughs) But I think after these experiences, I now will be a little more careful to say it's totally fine. But, you know, if you think they might make a lot of noise or, you know, run around and knock over the (laughs) recorder, we might want to think about, you know, either having a friend take them for the afternoon or you know are they the kind of pet that would be willing to sit quietly in another room several of my interviewees eventually like got out a rawhide bone or something and gave that to their dog to gnaw on which is better than them barking but you do actually hear the (laughs) the gnawing on the rawhide too so yeah being prepared can uh help with some of it. And then I think like we were saying before, you know, also just not worrying about it. In fact, one of the responses I got on Twitter, someone said, you know, am I a bad folklorist? I actually love it when pup sounds get in my (laughs) oral histories. So I think part of it is also learning not to worry about it. It's just another aspect of this person's life. And, you know, it adds a kind of texture and authenticity to the interview. So just not getting too too worried, but protecting your recorder for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think especially with yours, well, with all of the ones that we heard today, just rolling with it when it happens. And do you have any tips for people getting back on track with the interview when there's an interruption like that? Well, you know, some of the time I, I was too distracted by the animal to think of it, but I might jot down a word about what we were talking about when we got interrupted so that, you know, once she's gone off into the kitchen and fed the cat or whatever it is she's doing and then comes back, I could help kind of say, you were talking about, you know, X and Y. Let's just get back to that. But I think mostly just they are often embarrassed and and upset about what has happened. And so just helping them kind of relax and and get back into into the mind frame of the interview is the most important thing. to all you cats and dogs out there (laughs) we love you but you gotta stay quiet (laughs) thanks for listening to press record from the southern oral history program to find more information please visit our website at sohp.org 
And if you have any ideas, questions, or concerns, feel free to email us at pressrecordsohp at gmail.com. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. (laughs) 